You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. And we are recording. Hello, Karen. How are you? Good. How are you, Michael? I am doing fantastic. Now, just to let everybody know, I'm a little congested today. So if I do sound like a cat with a hairball, uh, <laughs> Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, yeah, so I do have my hot beverage here with a little bit of lemon to get going on that. And nice. speaking of cats with hairballs. Yeah. <laughs> I talk I, to you about those occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I bet you do. So the topic today is animal communication. And I know I was really excited when Marianne recommended you. And uh-huh. she speaks highly of you. And just for those who are listening, that was Marianne Kennedy. A little shout out to her. Um, yeah. So how did you get involved in animal communication? Was it something you were doing when you were a child? When did it develop for you? No, it actually developed fairly recently um, as an adult, um, I've, but I've always loved animals. Um, as a child, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but um, when I understood what that involved in terms of, you know, <laughs> euthanizing animals and stuff, I decided maybe not. Um, but I, I have always loved animals. I've always had animals, um, you know, pets growing up. And then, um, I, I've been doing a lot of fundraising for animal rescues over the last 10 years, um, raised just over $800,000 over 10 wow. years for animal rescues. So it's a, it's a passion of mine, always has been. And, um, you know, what brought me to animal communication was actually, um, I started with mediumship. Um, I was drawn to mediumship, but kind of a long story there, but I was doing mediumship and I was working with Mary Ann. So it's good that you kind of mentioned her already. So I was developing my skills there. Uh, Mary Ann was, was my uh, teacher for that. And uh, along the way, animals kind of kept popping into my readings instead of people stepping forward, animals started stepping forward. And um, I realized at that point how much peace it gave uh, people to know that their, um, their past pets had, you know, had passed and were still on the other side and were working to step forward. Um, and I realized that, you know, there's mediums that you know, bring forward family members in terms of people, but not um, a lot that maybe, you know, work with people to help their their past pets step forward. So, um, you know, I was kind of figuring out how to kind of, to, um, to kind of uh, develop those skills more. And I heard about animal communication, which is, um, uh, uh, psychically or telepathically talking to live animals. And so I found a, a, a teacher that could help me with that and, um, and went from there. And um, yeah, I just felt that the animals stepping forward in my mediumship readings was, was a sign or a cue that this is what I should be doing. So, so I, I went for it and it, it happened really easily. 
Yeah. So, and, and then I realized, I don't know, are, do you, do you have a pet or anything or have you uh, had pets? I had a pet before a long time ago. Okay. okay. So what I realized once I got doing it a lot is that, um, people and myself included actually communicate to their pets uh, telepathically without even realizing it. Now, I mean, the ones that are alive right now. So yes, if I had a pet yes. there, yeah, absolutely. I'm a firm yeah. believer on that. Yeah, it's, yeah. 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 And that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because I have my own ideas about animals and how they communicate and how we communicate with them, stuff like that. And and one of the things, one of the shows I really love is uh, Caesar Milan's shows, you know, the dog oh, yeah. whisperer. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's an animal person kind of likes that show, yeah. but, he always, but he always talks about, it's about the energy. It's yes. about the energy that you put off. It's about the energy that's, and I'm yes. very fascinated because obviously we work with energy. That's what we do, right. you know, both of us, and we have an understanding of energy. So they kind of live in that realm. And yeah. it's always, it's always my fascination to see how he always interpreted it. it's not the dog's fault it's always yeah. a human always that, the humans. it's always a yeah. human that we put their stuff onto their dogs right so animal communication is a little bit different although you know you want to understand your animal in terms of what energy you're putting out towards them and what they're receiving but um the other thing is that we even when we talk to our animals what we do is we visualize what we're talking about. And that's what the animal picks up is the visual image. So there's energy and then there's this visual imagery that we're you know, communicating with without even realizing it. And they're communicating to us that way as well. So, so you know, when you talk about Caesar Milan, it's, I mean, he talks more about energy. I talk more about communication, but both are very important. So how would you separate the two then? I know we talked about energy and communication. So if it just, is it that particular that you do is telepathically or yes. humans in general, we telepathically communicate with our, our animals, our pets? Well, everyone does it. I just uh, am a little more focused on it. And when I, when I work with people and do an animal communication with their pet, I teach them how to refine their own animal communication skills because I think that's important. Um, you know, for example, and it, the really interesting thing was when I first started getting into this, you know, I have a cat and he, he's a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> um, he's very unusual as a cat, but you know, he has, he's very jealous of people, other animals being around and, you know, he just, I guess, loves me a lot and doesn't like anyone else around, including my husband, actually, which is, nice. which is a little interesting. Sometimes he gets jealous of my husband. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but he, he does these behaviors that, you know, undesirable behaviors and without does getting, he, does, does he mark his territory? Yeah, well, the front door, especially, because he yeah. does not like people coming to the front door. So, you know, I'd always say, oh, don't, you know, don't do that, you know, before I really understood animal communication. And so what I started doing was I would visualize, and this is kind of weird, where I wanted him to urinate, which was the litter box. Because what I was doing was I was saying, don't do that. Don't, 
basically pee at the front door. Yeah. And what, what I was visualizing was him peeing at the front door. So it was actually encouraging him. So once I started visualize, visualizing him, you know, peeing in his litter box and saying, could you pee in your litter box? Within a couple of days, it stopped. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it's yeah, an example, but it's a, it's a problem that a lot of pet owners have. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure yeah. like so many pet owners have problems like that. And it's interesting, you know, it's, it's very simple too. It's, it's just that kind of shift of focus and it's yeah. something to pick up. Cause I mean, they, again, that's why I always say with animals, they just, they sense that sort of thing. They got this kind of extrasensory perception, their own extrasensory perception. They kind of yes. live in that realm. They're, they, they're kind of like the, they got one foot in the 3d and kind of one foot into the elemental 4d kind of in between. And they kind of, kind of wave back and forth between the two. Right. So, you know, they understand your tone and your energy, but also your, the imagery that you're sending them is important too, because sometimes they get mis mixed messages. So I always tell people you want to um, tell them what you want them to do, not what you don't want them to do, because that's where you get that mix of energy, energy, the mix of imagery and the mix of, you know, tone in your voice and that sort of thing. And it's confusing. Yeah. I, oh, it's, it's almost sounds like it's just like a, a child too. It's like, do what I say, not what I do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, if you don't mind now that no. you, that you mentioned children, um, I also tell people that if they have young children in the house, because young children operate um, more on a telepathic level, um, you know, until they're about, maybe three, four, five years old when the verbal communication skills take over. Um, so they're operating like that. We all do. And um, that's why when we, you know, we're still doing it a little bit when, when we're adults, just without realizing. But so sometimes if people have really like young children in the house, I, I tell them to um, ask their pet the questions that their owner is curious about. And then, and then you, so ask the child, you know, ask Fluffy if, you know, I had this one, um, the cat would jump into the rafters all the time. And I said, so ask your three-year-old to ask Fluffy why it jumped into the rafters. And so she did. And so then, you know, um, the, the mom just said, you know, ask the, the daughter, okay, what did Fluffy say? And um, the daughter said, oh, Fluffy can see the fish tank better from up there. You know, so like young children are amazing animal communicators. The problem is verbal communication takes over and then they don't use those, those skills anymore. Yeah, but, I think just in general, I mean, yeah. you know, they have that window, it's already open, right? It's, yeah. it's very open, they're very, they're very malleable. They, their energy works in, in amazing ways and you know again it's always the older adults that kind of suppress that and change that yeah. and they don't have that communication yeah so what are some of the major things that you see with animals uh and when you go to a person's house um what are some of the things that you see like a, it's a kind of a you see it all the time what are some of the, some of the examples um well i i thought initially i would get called a lot to deal with behavior problems. And I do, 
uh, most certainly. But luckily, I get called a lot just to um, to be asked what would make their uh, pet more happy. Okay. And and I and I love that, and I'm glad it's it's um it's kind of gone that way. People just want to know what what more they can do with their pet, and usually there's a uh, some sort of behavior problem involved, but uh, a lot of times they just want to understand their pet better. And um, so there's that, there's, you know, just that understanding is number one. Uh, number two would probably be behavior problems. And number three would be, you know, um, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, the question I get asked a lot is, is my pet ready to transition? Okay. Or is it time? you know? Yeah. So, Cause I know, I know yeah, so uh, many people that is like a, that loss is very, very, it's, it's traumatic for a lot of people when they have pets and you know, it's just like, a, it's just like somebody who's crossed over a loved one. It's still that very, very traumatic event. And they're trying to just prepare themselves upcoming because they know they can see it and they can kind of feel like, and it's that synergistic energy where that, like, I mean, I'm a clairvoyant, so I'll see the energy. I mean, I live in a building where there's lots of animals, lots of dogs, and I can see the ones that are starting to go into that transition because their energy field is just so, for my understanding, is it's a lot, it's shrunken, it's gray. Um, it doesn't have a lot of vibra um, a vibrancy to it too as well. And it's just like, man, that dog is just, and my heart goes out to him. But then I was like, part of me kind of goes, man, I think don't let that dog suffer because I don't like anything to suffer. I think it's important, but uh, yeah, I guess that would be um, very difficult for, you know, somebody that you go see. It's like, okay, yeah, that's, it's time to. It's time. They don't want to make the decisions. So no. it's, um, and the animals hang on, you know, if they feel that, you know, their person isn't, isn't ready sometimes. So um, although, you know, it's not something that I necessarily look forward to, I know it's a, a great service to the animal and, and to their owner to be able to kind of help them with that yeah. decision. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it can never be an easy decision. Yeah. yeah, and then, and then the other thing that I do is I do, um, you know, communicate with animals after they've transitioned. And um, you were saying how much, you know, grief, you know, people have them when they lose their pet. And, you know, it's interesting, I get a lot of people tell me, the grief is different than when they lose the people in their life, you know? And sometimes the grief is worse than the grief that they experience when they lose the people in their life. And, you know, but people are kind of um, hesitant to admit that. But um, so to be able to help people with their grief and, you know, let them know that their, their pet is still, you know, around them and, um, living the best version of them, uh, the, the best version of themselves on the other side. It, I mean, it gives people a lot of peace. So when you get those uh, uh, images and messages from the animal, are you getting them through um, a, a clairvoyancy? Are you getting images, visual images? How, how are they communicating with you? Are, like, are you mainly yeah. a clairvoyancy uh, on that yeah. aspect? For me, it's, uh, yeah, mainly clairvoyant. Um, so I see the images, but uh, some of the strongest ones I get are clairaudient. Um, I know I was communicating 
uh, with a chicken and <laughs> not too long ago. And I, I rarely get asked to you yeah. know, communicate with farm animals other than horses. And um, so this was, I thought this was a great opportunity. And I was amazed the, the clear audience messages that came from this chicken. Okay. So, so yeah. what were some of the messages? Okay, so this chicken has crossed over, correct? And you're oh, no, no, sorry, oh. sorry. So this was, this was, no, a live chicken. So, a live chicken, okay. So, yes. So I, you know, again, usually it's kind of telepathic, which is, telepathic information can come through the various senses as well. Yes. Um, but so this chicken was the, it, it was, it was words that I was hearing from this chicken versus the images. Okay. Yeah. So that being said, this is actually, you know, it's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because I've talked to other people who are animal communicators uh -huh. and there's, there's a little bit of difference in information. What, again, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh -huh. Now, for a, from a perspective, is it the actual chicken itself because it doesn't have a vocal cord or is it spirit that has a, a better communication that's connecting yes. with the chicken exactly. that's giving you the information that's exactly what it is okay yeah so just just to clarify it it's not actually the chicken verbally talking to you it's spirit yeah. right. it's spirit spirit is basically the communicator between the two right okay yeah, so that happens in telepathic communication or in spirit communication that there are other spirits and guides helping helping in both types of communication. Now, have you found that it's um, you ever get a chance to work with the, you know because fairies, elementals, things like that, they're kind of connected to that animal kingdom stuff like that. Do you have interactions with them at all during your communications? Do they show up or what goes on with that? Yeah, I, I can say that I have. Um, again, I, I'm really focused on the animal itself and not who's involved in the messages. Um, okay. but, you know, that that is an interesting question. But I, I, again, I'm focused on the message and whoever is involved in helping deliver it. That then that's great. Yeah, and that's kind of what mediumship in, in general is. It's just giving the message. It's not matter where you're getting it from. It's just yeah. getting the message out. It's like, you know, okay, by the end, it's like, okay, this is what's happening. Like the dog goes, you know what? I really didn't like that food you were giving me. You know, I hate yes. it. I don't know why you keep giving me that food. Yeah. You know, are there yeah. some of the, are those some of the uh, things that you're, you're like your pets kind of say, it's like, you know, why do they keep feeding me this crap? Yeah. Well, and it's, the one that I think people can kind of think about a little bit more in terms of realizing that they're already doing animal communication is that, you know, they're sitting, say, in their office, and then they get a thought, maybe, maybe, you know, Fido needs to go out. And then they go and then the, the dog's already sitting at the door, you know, or um, oh, the really neat ones are the ones where, you know, before COVID, and we didn't work at home so much, um, you know, you're out, say, out working. And, you know, if you don't have, especially if you don't have a routine to your day, and then you're, you're on your way home, and then your dog or cat is waiting at the door, even though it's not a, a prescribed time that you'd be, you know, coming home, you know, you're, you're sending those messages to your pets without even realizing it. It's, it's, um, 
So they're already basically yeah. waiting for you. Yeah, they yeah. kind of, they just yeah. sense it. Even, like, even if they, it's like they, they already know your energy field is just moving. Like even if you're still in the car down the road and they could just almost sense that, you know, I mean, you probably see with your husband, like, you know, well, not with your cat because your cat doesn't like your husband. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, people's dogs uh, be waiting at the window and they know that somebody's coming in. They just know that the energy is there. So. What are some of the, what are some of the things that, you know, you find um, with the various different animals are most animals have the same kind of complaints or do they vary from animal to animal? So let's say do horses have one thing uh, or do dogs have another thing The cats? Well, cats yeah. have their own thing in general. Yes. Oh yes. They're quite different. Um, so yeah. I always, when I communicate with dogs, um, dogs are very food obsessed um, compared to other animals. So I usually, when I communicate them, I usually get the food questions out of the way because that's what they want to talk about first, their favorite food or what they don't like and do like and so, you know, those sort of things. Um, cats, yeah, cats aren't as food obsessed, although mine's pretty food obsessed, but they, that's generally not, you know, what they, they talk about first um, and horses, horses are interesting. They like to talk about um, who they like and don't like in terms of people or other animals. I've heard that. I've heard yeah. a lot of that, you know, horses have their really own particular and it's like they can sense whether, and depending on if there's somebody on the back of them, they don't like, you're in for a treat, like, cause they're gonna, not gonna, they're not gonna want to go anywhere. They're gonna do their own thing. Doesn't matter where you try to guide them. They're gonna go, yeah, sorry, buddy, you ain't going this way. You know, more likely to try to kick you off, or kind of like they're gonna roll around in the grass or something just to get you off. You know, yeah. it's interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I remember riding horses when I was younger, and uh, you could just tell the ho certain horses were a little more. Um, more flexible with the people on them, but then some other ones just they had their own mind and said, you know, forget that, that ain't happening. Yeah. But that being said, horses I find are really keen to talk. Oh, really? That's the other thing that some animals like people aren't that talkative. Yeah, that's you know? true. So it, occasionally you come across one that just doesn't want to say much. So it's it it can be a little bit of a challenge occasionally, but there's techniques that I use to get them kind of talking like you would with a person that isn't that chatty. Yeah, of course. You just, yeah, you got to just get comfortable and they got to get comfortable with you in order to open up. Uh -huh. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is also too, is um, kind of in the edge of um, medical intuitiveness towards animals. Do people ask you to kind of see, figure out what's going on with Fluffy and figure out, uh, you know, intuitively what's happening and with uh, physically and, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I always tell people, um, you know, animal communication doesn't, uh, isn't a substitute for veterinarian care. If you think there's something medically wrong, you definitely want to take your pet in to see a veterinarian. Um, that being said, I can help, um, you know, identify some issues. Um, I, I, start with um, measuring uh, the animal chakras, if there's any physical issues that, uh, that we're looking to identify. Obviously the chakras identify all sorts of things, not just uh, physical issues, but uh, sometimes I, I start with that, uh, especially in the root chakra. Um, 
if there's some physical issues, I can see an imbalance in the root chakra. And then I, you know, kind of ask questions from there. And um, generally what I, I get is, um, you know, the animal will show me just the part of their body that's causing them pain. So I don't maybe necessarily know why, but we can kind of, you know, look at some areas and I can alert uh, the, the owner of the animal to say, you know, yeah, these are the areas causing concern. Yeah, let's, let's get them to the vet and stuff like that. So yeah. um, animal chakras, I, f I find that fascinating. Yes. So the chakra system, is it similar to the human chakra system? Yeah. Is it, are there seven or there 12 or there 24? Like what's there's an, Yeah. There's, it's the same as a, a, a human chakra system, except there's an extra chakra between the shoulder blades okay. called the butterfly chakra. And then they have stronger uh, chakras in their paws or their hoofs or whatever than we do. You know, we have, you know, chakras in our hands as well, but in animals, they're uh, a little stronger in their paws. Okay. So basically they have the seven. So like a, basically a crown's a crown on the dog. It's a, it's a yeah. crown, like human and root chakras. Same kind of layout on the body. Layout on the body. And then obviously because they're connected to the earth all the time, their hands and feet or hooves or paws and all that, it's going to be open a little bit more. Right. So, yeah. So do you, do you work on like an energy level? Do you do like Reiki with them or you just kind of just scan the, their systems? Yeah, I, I'm trained to do Reiki, but I like to do um, chakra measurement and balancing with a pendulum. Okay. And crystals. Okay. And Any particular crystals, crystals you uh, kind of use? Uh... Yeah, for balancing, I usually use just a clear quartz crystal. Yeah, I can't go wrong with that. But there's other ways, you know, I, I use other crystals depending on, you know, the issue. And um, malachite is a good one for animals as well, animal, just general animal health. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is there any particular crystals that somebody can actually have in their house that will help with the animals? You know, let's say having, you know, lots of amethyst or uh, lots yeah. of, you know. So for example, you know, my, my cat <laughs> is, is older and he has, you know, some ongoing health issues being an older cat. So I have for him, um, I have um, a photo where I have a, a pointed um, amethyst crystal because for healing and a pointed clear quartz crystal set around his photo and uh, just to amplify the healing and then um and then I also you know put amethyst around his bed where he sleeps and um yeah and then I also have a selenite bar on top of so he sleeps in a crate and I have a selenite bar so it keeps the energy kind of neutral <laughs> yeah no really sometimes now, so do you usually recommend like with crystals with your clients, you kind of say, you know what, or you kind of let the, the animal kind of say, you know what, I need a little more crystal. I'll need a little more energy. Or you kind of go, you know what would be really good right now? A little bit of amethyst around yeah. their, yeah. their bed. Yeah, I suggest it around their bed. Um, I also, um, you know, uh, have seen, and I, it, you do, it's really hard to find. So I've made some like dog tags that have okay. a crystal on it 
um, so that, you know, I, once I visit an animal that needs some ongoing, you know, crystal intervention, then I can leave them with a, a dog tag and they just clip the crystal to their dog's collar. And so maybe it's- that, Maybe that's a new side business for you. One of the one of the many things, because I mean, you do so many different things. I mean, you're a yoga instructor. I mean, yeah. you do the crystal energy balancing, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So I mean, then it's animal communication. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's all yeah. energy, right? When it comes yeah. down to it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, um, do you do um, yoga with your animals? Uh, well, um, I don't do yoga with my animals, but I do teach. You know, this summer with COVID, I got into teaching. Um, well, I've been doing it for a while, but I did it a lot more this summer was I teach yoga on the paddleboard because people could maintain distance and that sort of thing and still get their yoga class. And it's a good challenge on the paddleboard. So what I decided to do uh, was to open up a class and the, the fees all went to a, a local rescue. And um, I taught people to paddle with their dogs on a paddleboard. That's very cool. Yeah, and it was a great bonding experience. Um, and most of the do dogs loved it. The only dogs that didn't really enjoy it were the dogs that swam a lot or liked to swim a lot because they couldn't understand why they had to stay on the paddleboard. They just jump off and swim around. Know, swim. So yeah. So so I haven't done uh, yoga with um, animals, but I have done paddleboard with animals. Paddleboard, yeah. So maybe yeah. the next thing, once COVID gets over and everything kind of goes back to normal, and do a class of that. Because I saw those things on the internet where they are doing yoga with goats. And I just- Oh yes, everyone asks me about that. And I'm I like, bet. I'm not sure that I'll do that, but, um, but I do want to you know, continue to raise money for different rescues. And with COVID, it's hard. Uh, to, you know, to organize events um, that people can come out to in large groups. So, but the other one I want to do is a, a yoga class called Yoga Mats and Kitty Cats and where you do it at a rescue and the, the, um, the cats in the class are up for adoption. And if someone doing a yoga class kind of feels a connection to, to an animal, they can arrange to adopt that animal. Yeah. So that was one of the things I want to ask you about is rescue animals. Um, you know, it is kind of a tragic thing to see so many animals that are being abused and, you know, between puppy mills and things like that, you know, um, like what are some of the things we can do um, as a community to maybe help that out? Because it's, there's really no need for that type of suffering. And I think it's just, it's, it's just heartless to kind of see what the, you know, what we, what we do with the animals. And uh, so I almost think like you should almost have like a license. There should be a licensing for, for certain people to have animals uh -huh. and you got to go through a course in order yeah. to get, to get, have a pet, you know, take it, you yeah. got to take a, you know, a 10 week course with some psychological testing on that just to make sure you get the, the right animal. Well, I, I think also that um, where people, you know, acquire their animals is, is really important because we don't want to support you know, puppy mills and that sort of thing. And sometimes people, you know, when they purchase an animal from, you know, say a pet store, they don't actually understand that the fact that that pet stores, you know, acquired their their puppies or kitties from a from a puppy mill. 
um, is that the case? Is that the case with most of those big box uh, pet stores that they it, get there? It used to be. So now if you go into a big box store, like a, a pet related store, you will see that they get their animals now from rescues. They usually um, very obviously advertise that where in the past, yes, they, they would acquire them from Help so it's just like breeding chickens for for a grocery store stuff like that they would basically yeah. just breed the dogs for farms. yeah yeah the factory farming yeah. stuff and, and that's the other thing you know i'm an advocate for all animals yes so i you know um you know buying you know meat products um that are you know not supplied by factory farms and that sort of thing is really important uh, to me as well yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, as somebody who's, I'm, I'm a meat eater, I can actually admit I'm a meat eater. Um, and, you know, it is, it is, I mean, I grew up in an agricultural center and uh, I have friends of mine had pig farms, chicken farms. And um, yeah, it's not the most uh, enjoyable visual when you go yeah. into one of those barns and stuff like that. People would be shocked. Yeah, yeah, it's right. I mean, I, I mean, I love the, the people I grew up with, they're amazing people, hardworking people. I always think if you give farmers the right tools and the right uh, applications and the right support, they will do whatever it's necessary to produce that. Again, it's just something that they were taught. This is what they're giving. Again, yeah. they're just in a business just trying to make you know ends meet too as well. But yeah. I think if you just, if, if you really take a time to help them out, no problem, pasture raised chickens, they'll just, you know, convert one of their big pastures into, you know, instead yeah. of having agriculture on it, just put chickens on it. So the more we can support those types of farms, you know, there'll be demand for more and more of those. So, um, and from a spiritual perspective and from getting back to animal communication and, you know, I am a vegetarian, I have been for 30 years, um, but, you know, um, people should know that from a spiritual perspective that animals, some animals do incarnate to be food. So, you know, in terms of coming to terms with your love for animals and, and whether you're vegetarian or not, just knowing that, you know, that's, that's the purpose of some animals. And, but that being said, they, they want to be treated with respect while they're here. I think that's, that's very powerful. And coming from somebody like you to actually tell people that, that's very, very powerful. Is there's always that fence where, you know, some people just go to those extremes where, you know, I can't, there's no way I'm going to do that. But, you know, somebody like yourself saying, you know, there are animals that were developed to actually feed humans. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But again, the idea of treating them. Yeah, it's okay. Like, I mean, if you want to eat meat, sure. But I think it's how we, you know, we process them, grow and achieve respect. That's the really what comes down to it. It's yes. really that. I think that's really powerful. I mean, but also, you know, another thing too, to touch on the spiritually, that vibration actually affects in your food. This is one of the things I notice now is yes. when I eat, when I just, for some reason, I'm just, I'm too tired and, you know, you know, too cheap and I'll just go buy some regular chicken and I kind of pay for it because then it's like, I eat the chicken. It's like, oh, and then I could get, I could almost taste that fear yes. as I ingest that too yes. as well. The lower vibration, you taste it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I taste it, and it's like, oh, why did I do that? And it's just like, oh, I know better. 
but it just like, you know, I guess that old programming that we have to change, but. Little steps, right? And, and awareness is the first step, right? A lot of people just aren't aware. Yeah, I think that's changing now with the energies that are kind of moving into the earth and, you know, people are just going through these upheavals, their energies shifting and they're just like, hey, what's going on, you know? those are some of the trends that we're going to go. It's just, we're, that's just the way I see humanity going. And it just, you know, eventually we'll get there and we're just taking a little time. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, you know what, we're almost out of time. Wow. That went really quickly. Yeah. It went really, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It went so by, and then I so appreciate that. And uh, if people were looking to use your services, where would they find you, Karen? Well, the best place to go is my website, and it is www.bluedogyoga.com. Okay. Um, any other services besides animal communication? What other service do you have? Uh, well, yoga. Um, yeah. I, I'm not teaching a lot of yoga right now during COVID, but, um, but I plan to once COVID is over. Um, so yoga and animal communication are my uh, biggest focuses. And okay. actually, I'm pretty busy with those things. So. Now, with the uh, animal rescues or anything else like that, do you have like a GoFundMe page or anything that for people could donate to animal rescues? Do you have anything like that set up? Yeah. Well, we're kind of on pause right now. So the, the way I've uh, raised money in the past is through uh, an event series called the Furry Friends 5K. And so you, that website is still available, Furry Friends 5k.com and you can make donations there and we'll allocate it to the one of the various charities that are uh, listed on the website oh that's fantastic uh, i really appreciate it so again thank you so much for being on my show i was really happy yeah. to have you on yeah well thanks for having me michael it's great to uh great to be on and pass some information on to your viewers yeah i think you're going to be very busy uh come this year, you know, people are going to see this and they're going to go, yeah, you know what? My dog has been acting up. I need to get, figure this out. So yeah. yeah. Or your cat or your bird, um, bird or chicken or you what, know. whatever you, whatever animal you have, you know, I, um, I'm sure you'll be able to get to the bottom of what's going on. So again, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. So I'm just going to close the show off here. This has been the metaphysical mentor podcast with Michael Philpott. Thank you so much for joining me and goodbye for now.